Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. is some of our thoughts. Hey everybody, it's Sarah and Carter and this is some of our thoughts. And also today we have a guest. Our, our first guest. Our first guest making history. We have Charlie Walter. That is me. Good to be here with you guys. <laughs> Thanks Yay! Charlie. Yeah. So Charlie is an amazing winemaker and for reference, he actually used to work at Carter's job, the wine shop. <laughs> oh gosh. Jeez. That was wine opening, in case you were wondering. <laughs> <laughs> and now he works at my job, Valley Mills Vineyards, as a winemaker. Absolutely. And the varietal we have to share with you all today is Albarino. And we'll be talking about three wines, and they're all from my job, Valley Mills Vineyards, once again. The 2020 vintage, the current 2021 vintage, and then we also have a pet nat style Albarino, which we just opened. <laughs> and we're happy to talk about that as well. They just We just opened it. They just released it. And we're all very hype about it. Mm-hmm. This is probably one of the greatest things that's come out of Central Texas. <laughs> oh, all right. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> and it was so much fun releasing this pet nat. Pet nat is a sparkling wine, if you don't know. It's a type of sparkling wine. We released this on New Year's Eve, and we had an oyster party, and oh, man, there were so many people there. (laughs) Except for me. I missed it. Charlie missed it, but you wouldn't have had a place to sit if you were there. (laughs) Honestly, you would have been put to work shucking oysters if you were there. Yeah, actually, (laughs) that didn't sound too bad to miss. I was down with COVID, so uh, yeah. yeah. (laughs) But... Let's start with the still wines, the 2020 Albarino and the 2021. So, Charlie, you're the winemaker. He yeah. was he made all three of these. Let's let's go. Let's talk about it. Yeah, 2020. Um, that was the first year we ever worked with Albarino at uh, Valley Mills. So that was my second season uh, at Valley Mills on the winemaking side. And um, yeah, I wish we had that 2020 because it was me too phenomenal uh sold out we actually didn't make that much of it i think we made 60 cases maybe yeah not very much yeah but it was so delicate it smelled amazing all the way through fermentation all the way post fermentation um yeah for being like a trial run of a new varietal in a winery i felt like it was a smashing success i forget that was the first time we had that yeah and that was actually local uh that was local fruit that was from um, Coryell County, so just like 20 minutes from the vineyard. So yeah, it kind of hit all the check marks of what we're trying to do at the winery, use local fruit and um, yeah, just make really, really good wine. So yeah, I think that that was lower alcohol, really delicate, uh, some really nice floral stuff going on. Just, I think we made a nice wine and we didn't uh, know that that would be a little bit difficult to replicate 
year over yeah, year. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. We actually, I've talked about this in past episodes. We do a little wine study group once a month, and the three of us are always there with a handful of other people. And we did Albarino this past week, actually, and I didn't think any 2020 Albarino existed anymore. Joey's fridge is Yeah, I opened Joey's magical fridge. (laughs) Our friend Joey, who's also the general manager and other winemaker at VMB, his apartment, there he has a wine fridge, but then you open his regular fridge, and it's literally just produce and more wine. (laughs) So I roll up with, like, 10 bottles, and I'm like, okay, like, I'm just going to chill these till it starts, and... Then I found it, and I felt like Charlie Bucket and Willy Wonka. <laughs> that was like a golden ticket. It yeah. was. And I looked at him and went, oh, I'm opening this. <laughs> I didn't ask. I should have asked. But he was like, oh, I have one of those. And I was like, you do. And this is the best time to open it if you're going to ever open it. And it was great. Yeah, to try side by side with the 2021. Mm-hmm. And I don't think we had a bottle of uh, Pet Nut um, last, last week. No, but we didn't. No. We've all had it extensively enough that we could – Imagine. Yeah. And before we compare the 2021 vintage, Carter, do you want to share a little bit just about Albarino in general, just the grape varietal? Or Charlie. Or me. We can all talk about it. (laughs) I mean, I can tell you, uh, because we actually went out in 2020 and helped with the harvest, and that was my Mm. first time seeing Albarino in the field, and I didn't know... The clusters are so tiny. They're they're little wow. baby clusters. Yeah, so it's like a, quite a difficult like harvest. Like there's a lot of work that goes into harvesting it. Um, mm. It's worthwhile, but yeah, that that was definitely something of note that I didn't really know until I saw it in the field. That yeah, was, the yeah. clusters are tiny, and the grapes themselves are super tiny. They're they're cute. <laughs> um, Albarino was mostly grown in Spain, a little bit in Portugal. In Portugal, they kind of call it vino verde because it does have that little green tint to it. The still wine, not this pet net because it's, you know, it's a pet net, meaning it's it's kind of dirty <laughs> in the best way. Yeah, it's been through some stuff. Yeah, but it grows really well in Texas. Um, where did the 2021 fruit come from? That was from uh, Bingham Vineyards out in the High Plains. Oh, yep. okay. Yeah. Interesting. It's crazy because Texas is massive as everyone knows so many different climates in texas yes absolutely and yeah i'm thinking too the 2020 vintage because it was local fruit really so close versus that the other fruit that was not close wow they tasted so different yeah and that's (laughs) part of that speaks i think to one of the challenges in texas in general with growing is pretty much all of our fruit is coming from the high plains it's coming from seven hours away so Going out there, harvesting, and getting it mm. back to the wineries on this side of the state is really difficult on the fruit. It is. Uh, and Charlie's being very modest. When he says <laughs> this, he means one of the guys gets into this massive like refrigerated truck, drives seven-plus hours straight, straight, yeah. does the harvest that same night, maybe sleep. Do you sleep? Maybe an hour? Maybe two hours? I sleep and other people sleep. Joey usually flips right around, comes back. <laughs> like a mad And is in an amazing mood when he comes back. Oh, just yeah. really cheery <laughs> and happy. <laughs> yeah, patient. Um, but anyway. You should, you should sleep on those trips. Absolutely. Yeah. Sleep on those trips. I kindly told him the last time, I think you should go home when he came back. Yeah. <laughs> just yeah. sleep. Just get some sleep. Rest up. Yep. But, um. Yeah, no, it's an insane process. They drive there, they har- they sleep a little bit, 
I know Micah, uh, the other, there's another guy in production who's amazing. He doesn't sleep a lot when he goes. I think he tries, but it's not like sound sleep. And it's not like eight hours of sleep, you know. It's like yeah. very there's, minimal. There's a lot of good uh, There's a lot of good adrenaline. I know it sounds stupid. You're just driving out somewhere <laughs> and getting grapes. But it's really exciting. And, uh, it is it's, exciting. I think it's one of the kind of fun perks, although it's a ton of work, of like being in this industry is getting to do stuff like that. Because yeah. it's very seasonal. You're not doing it all year. Right. You so know. then they drive back, right? That seven plus hours, and then with they're however still many not tons, done. yeah, however many tons, and they're still not done. They literally start processing everything right then and there. Yeah. What is sleep? We don't we don't have shifts. We're too small a winery to have shifts, so yeah. everyone's on all the time. Definitely. It's a great time. It's crazy. Yeah. I love it because I don't have to do the drive, <laughs> but it's so cool because they come back and we're all like, they're here, they're here, and we like wait and wave at all of them and like clap. It's it's such a cool moment. And then most of the time when they come back, it's 12 and there's guests at the winery and they're like, what's happening? What, what's going on? I'm like, you're in for it's a treat. It's <laughs> yeah. baby. And it really is cool for people to watch that process. It's so fun. It's such a yeah. cool experience. Um, so the 2021, the tasting notes on that, this wine is actually on our tasting list currently at the winery. And I describe it as zippy. <laughs> so it's a pretty high acid, citrus forward. You get like grapefruit, lemon, green apple. A lot of green apple. A lot of green yeah. apple. It's really light. Um, that's how I describe it. How would you describe it, Charlie? Would you say anything different? No, that's really accurate. Um, on kind of the winemaking speak geek out terms, mm -hmm. it's a wine with a lot of uh, titratable or total acidity in it. And so... Uh, a lot of times that happens with Albarino. It'll stay a little greener, get a little shaded, and it'll really hold on to the malic acid, which is that green apple acid. Mm -hmm. So I think that's a big part of what's kind of dominating on the palate with that, with the 2021 vintage, that that malic acid being in there can be really nice, but uh, it's pretty intense. Yeah, it's, it's a little more intense than the 2020. Definitely. Yeah, extra zippy. It is extra zippy. I remember when we released this, we were like, man, is this too zippy there's but a line there's a line yeah. there is a line but i keep reporting back it's selling amazing people mm -hmm. love it they really do they're like oh my gosh this is so light and refreshing and also in texas it's basically it's spring now yeah <laughs> it's kind of warm out and people have been sitting on the patio already for a few weekends and it's it's perfect patio wine for sure yeah if you get it nice and cold and mm -hmm. yeah i think Absolutely. it's it's solid gets the job done yeah. yeah. So to transition from that 2020 vintage, the 2021 vintage, let's talk about your baby. Yeah. <laughs> the pet nap. This, yeah. This, <laughs> it really is a little bit like a, uh, you know, a pregnancy with this wine because I've <laughs> been carrying this around for a while. I think between Sarah and I kind of yes. emotionally been carrying this around for probably the whole time we've worked like there. At least two years. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I'll give a lot of credit. That really came from my time at the wine shop where Carter works in, uh, yeah, plenty of wine, uh, you know, pet nets on the shelf and just a really cool style and really interesting. And also, uh, I didn't know this till I was in production, but technically just not the easiest thing to achieve. Mm -hmm. So oh, definitely not. Uh, yeah, really that this, this style pet net being, uh, getting it in the bottle while it's, still like finishing that fermentation mm -hmm. so if you bottle it a little too soon and there's a little too much sugar in it and the yeast are going to finish up in the bottle uh you'll explode the bottle yeah. and so just real quick rundown how would you just if you were telling someone what a pet nut is versus like a really clean 
like champagne style wine. What's the main difference there for our listeners? If they're like, well, what's that? I don't know what that is. Because <laughs> everyone Love talks that like voice. that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, the customer. Oh, the, the customer, customer voice, yes. Yeah. Um, no, I think the the biggest like thing that happened in the champagne realm is they really got into uh, clarifying the wine. Absolutely. And so it, it's a whole process called Ritalin in they're basically slowly turning the bottle and they're really trying to get all the yeast to like settle in the neck of the bottle. Mm -hmm. And then they're actually freezing it and like popping out that yeast and then putting a little more uh, wine back in. And so you end up with just a very clear, clean product. And like the so whole work. Yeah, it's a, it's a ton of work. Isn't it the Charmant method? What's that? The Charmant method. Charmant is another style of like actually carbonating in a tank. Oh, fair. And then bottling off of that. So it's actually kind of a third option if you want to go sparkling. Um, sparkling wine is so crazy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So many different options. methods. Yeah. But this is really like, this is the oldest. Uh, this is probably how, you know, our cavemen figured out what carbonation was. <laughs> they put a little wine. They thought it was done fermenting, put it in a vessel, maybe sealed it a little too tight. And at some point it probably exploded. <laughs> and they were like, oh, let's uh, maybe fine tune that. And yeah. let's try and drink it next time. So. Yeah, really, champagne is very clean, and all those sparklings are very clean. And this style has all the yeast, and mm. it's got it all in there. And we don't really worry about that mm -mm. so much. I think so it adds. much more natty. Yeah, natty, natty's the word. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of natty, you kind of touched on your experience at the wine shop. Talk a little more about it, if you could, because you. I, were, how long were did you were you there? Yeah, I loved. Honestly, I loved working there. That I had drank some wine before I worked there. And wine was just not interesting before mm. I worked there because it was same tasting notes, you know, with all the stuff on the shelves that uh, we were living in Fort Worth. So it was like Sprouts wine and stuff mm -hmm. like that. And, you know, the difference for me was like, am I going to spend eight dollars or eleven dollars? And mm -hmm. eleven dollars was like really going all in on a bottle. You know, sure, yeah. it's a six uh, pack of beer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Price yeah. Boy, you know, so really the wine shop is what, what uh, kind of showed me what all the realm of what wine could be. And I think the sparkling and the pet nat and um, the kind of overarching name for that style is ancestral mm -hmm. as is pet nat's kind of the French name for it, but ancestral, the wine shops full of that stuff. And yeah, it's really popular now kind of across the U S and overseas and uh, just really gaining a lot of momentum. But yeah, I think um, my experience, you know, serving at the wine shop and, I think I was there two two years, and that's where I met Carter. Charlie was <laughs> working the very first time I walked in there with my mother. Aww, yeah, how special. Yep. Yeah, I think y'all were just like going to <laughs> Italy for six weeks. Had either come back or were going to Italy for six weeks, and I was like, "That sounds sweet. <laughs> <laughs> what a life, man! That sounds amazing." Uh, that's but great. Yeah, really. From there, it was I liked. I realized I liked wine, but I realized I want to get into the production and. Mm -hmm. uh, kind of have an ag background, so I want to get into the ag side. And so that's really how I ended up out at Valley Mills working with Joey. And uh, yeah, haven't really looked back. Love production. Yeah. Yeah. So I, was, I think actually maybe the last episode, I kind of talked about the dichotomy between you and Joey mm -hmm. as winemakers, because he's so traditional, like everything, you know, should have this kind of nose and, you know, tasting notes and all that. But He's very easily, I won't say he's easily swayed, but he's very open-minded to anything Charlie ever has to say about wine because he also, you know, you have to learn from each other and taste different things and you might love something and he might not. 
Oh, and then I come in, and I'm like, ah, I'm going to go with Charlie. <laughs> well, this pet nut was Not like always, very but. much a an idea that you two took to him and said, like, we want this. Oh, we cornered we, him in the office. Yeah. And we're like, look, it needed do you to want happen. us to stay here? I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah. <There's> always, <laughs> Almost. There's always that threat, a little underlying <laughs> threat of, like, you know, we're kind of power to the people, to the worker. <laughs> Yeah. The board. <laughs> to Joe's credit, though, he wanted to do this vintage, wanted to do a 100 case trial. Mm-hmm. And I was like, maybe we should only do 50. Like, you know. So he was the one who really kind of pushed us to, if we're going to try it, just try it on a, a little bigger scale. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Also, oh my gosh, before we bottled this pet nat, last year, I guess, was the first trial we had with anything sparkling. And we you came up with that whole, like, keg system. Yeah, keg Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Oh, for the Which were still and... Yeah, well, not the Kunwas. He did, there was an Albarino on the tap. Albarino. Which, it was a 2020 Albarino ooh. on keg. It was that shit to was the moon. Fresh. It was so good. To the moon! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's so good. That, and there was a sparkling Senso and mm-hmm. a sparkling Rosé for a little bit. Yeah. Brief, very briefly, the It's rose. hard to not... Um, Sometimes it feels like sparkling's the answer for everything, which it's <laughs> not, but I kind of get on that track sometimes of like, man, this would be amazing if it was sparkling. <laughs> uh, but I think that's true in some good cases. You got to be selective, you know? Yeah. But Well, and the main thing was too, so when we did that, everything, like I said, it was on a keg system, like, so it was only available by the glass. And guys, you have no idea how many times per day. You, when are you going to have it in a bottle? When are you going to have it in a bottle? Can I buy it in a bottle? It's like, damn it. Yeah. <laughs> so that's also it. why we approached Joey with like, hey, like it's gonna sell. People already want it in a bottle. Like and it's the pet nut is so good. Yeah. It's amazing. And really, uh thinking about y'all's first I think that was your first podcast, that first one you did, the Shockley. Mm-hmm. Right. Yes. That's really what I when I came into VMV, I've that wine was rolling around in my mind of like we need to do something kind of like that because it's too hot in Texas to not be drinking sparkling. Absolutely. Yeah. Totally agree. Oh man, I wish I had some of that. That wine's so good. <laughs> uh, anything else you want to add about the pet nat or Albarino or your experience versus the wine shop now in production or wine making or anything? Anything you want to say? Um. Honestly, I just, uh, I love wine and I love, I really love specifically producing it because it's agriculture, it's, you know, care of the earth kind of things. Um, it really connects us with like the true farmers. These, these (laughs) folks out in the high plains are pretty awesome. Like, uh, yeah, they're just kind of doing heroes work out there and, so I love connecting with them and, uh, it's just such a young industry. I mean. Uh, we talk about this sometimes, the the way that California actually took a leap in just a decade or two from, they were only producing basically sweet port wines to producing like world-class wine. Mm. And that actually didn't take as long as you sometimes think it did. Mm-hmm. So for Texas, I just think that that's possible. And uh, yeah, it's still a young industry. So to be kind of able to be a part of that and making yeah. Texas wine like a legitimate thing, um, yeah, I had no Texas wine on my radar when I worked at the wine shop. And well, and also Charlie's from Michigan. Yeah, I, don't, I mean, I'm not from You're not a Texas. Why wine. do I care about Texas? I don't know. Yeah, I forgot to add that he's from Michigan. I am. Yeah, Texas is a second home for sure. But uh, yeah, the Michigan thing. What's yeah. your What is your favorite varietal right now coming out of Texas? I'm so into. Um, I really like Albarino for sure, mm-hmm. but uh, 
I'm really into that Coon Waz. Mm. It's it's a really we don't have to Ooh. talk about it now, oh, but we, we were going to talk about it. <laughs> it's a stupid minor grape. It's so tiny from the Rhone Valley, but uh, yeah, I just think it's kind of got some remarkable things going on. So right now in our tasting room, that's also something we sell by the glass, and that one didn't go through malolactic fermentation. Yeah, right? we kept kept all the acids, which yeah. for a red wine is not usually done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's this beautiful, like, magenta color. Yeah. Gosh, it tastes like so pomegranate. It was like a hot pink coming out of the press. Yeah, yeah. It, was, it was awesome. It smells like a strawberry fruit roll-up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, oh, it's so good. Some passion fruit. It kind of <laughs> had some passion fruit, fruit tea thing going on. Yeah. I, I just like lighter stuff in mm-hmm. general, so... Yeah. Yeah. It's so good. But, Which, you know, and you helped a lot with the 2019 Tempranillo at work, right? Yeah. That, that wine for us... Shout out to us. Um, <laughs> that just won best in class at the San Francisco Chronicle Wine Competition. It's a big deal. It's such a big deal. It's huge. Yeah. And for Charlie to say that, like he likes lighter wines, Tempranillo is one of those. It can be a super heavy hitter, like smothered in oak and just like, you know, give me a steak with this or I can't drink it. Or it can be a really beautiful, delicate juicier. wine. Juicier. <laughs> that still has those same like tobacco and plum characteristics, but not like punching you in the face you know and we really like the 2019 vintage and we're like yeah let's just send it you know you never know but i more people liked it <laughs> everyone liked it apparently so yeah you're such a great addition up there yeah amazing. And, and uh the last thing i'll say kind of on the winemaking side i like um it requires you to think of things that you like and also to think outside of yourself and mm. so oh, yeah. you can't just be putting stuff out there that you like because uh, you're not everybody. That's a good reminder for myself, you yeah. know, <laughs> that other people think differently. So, Wine yeah. is such a collaborative effort just all around. Absolutely. So many different hands touch it throughout the process, and mm-hmm. we're very fortunate to have such good friends to share it with and discuss it with. And Absolutely. Yeah. Did it yeah. And I got to partake in blending trials this past year, and it was so much fun. You made your own blend. I did make my own blend. You did. Which I think yours lost. It did lose. But you know what? There's <laughs> still not a, Joey said there's still not technically a winner because he still doesn't know what that blend's going to be, but it's getting bottled in the next few months. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. That's true. So maybe I'll get to do that again. You were a temporary we loser. See. Maybe you'll win. Yeah, temporary. Temporary yeah. loser. Um, all right. Let's talk about the vinyl pairing for these albert Or no. Do you oh, do, commercial do break. Commercial break. All right. We've been told we have to tell you guys we're going to a commercial break. So I hope you've been listening so far and you're enjoying all the content. We will be right back. Welcome back to some of our thoughts. Some of our thoughts. Clink. <laughs> so fun having Charlie in here with us today. Oh, yeah. It really is. So today for the vinyl pairing, we got uh, a really great collaborative effort again from one of my coworkers at the wine shop, my sweet Bailey, Yay, and her Bailey. husband Jared brought up some of their vinyl for us to listen to this past week. And one of them really stood out to me, specifically last night when we were working. We were having so much fun dancing to this album called Viva Veracruz by Conjunto Los Morales. That's like a very like close-knit family that's mariachi-inspired. It Actually, this album just came out in 2020. And it's a really short, it's only like 28 minutes long, 
10 tracks, but oh my gosh, we just kept flipping it back and forth <laughs> over and over and over again. And we were dancing and eating yaki and oh yeah, right. Nice. I mean, <laughs> just literally could not have had any more fun, so fun at work. And I can't believe that that's what my life is looking like. <laughs> I, can't, <laughs> I can't believe it's this cool. Um, so since we're doing Albarino, clearly it's a very Spanish inspired, but like it's Portuguese inspired as well. Like it's kind of all over, just very Western Europe, warm, tempered kind of like Texas climates. And since it's getting warmer here now, mm-hmm. we um, we have the front door. We kind of prop open at the wine shop occasionally. We'll burn Palo Santo and just kind of set the tone for the day. And this album was so fun and light and poppy and happy and zippy and it just Bailey looked at me and was like you need to pair this with Albarino and I was like oh my god can I (laughs) (laughs) what Albarino is such a happy wine happy perfect just like we were talking about sitting on the porch at VMV and like looking out over their gorgeous view and drinking this wine and feeling the sun on your face I mean it's a very um a big feeling like a dog with a window down. (laughs) (laughs) And so, um, I'm really grateful to her for sharing her albums with me and for us to be able to share it with you now. We'll definitely put a picture of it on our Instagram so you can find it on Spotify. I was listening to it all morning. I was actually helping Ryan put a dresser together this morning. Well, I was half helping, half holding my kid that wanted to help, but he's a baby um but yeah I was like dancing along on oh this is great this is so fun so and we fun. had all the doors open today and like windows and it was it was a perfect pair for March sure. in Texas spring in Texas yeah, March in, March that is March March in Texas Yee. so on Monday we had our wine study that we featured Albarino um this that wine study inspired Bailey to bring this album to the wine shop but then at wine study we had amazing food prepared by none other than sarah older this is the agua chile ceviche yeah (laughs) who doesn't things some people oh i guess not my people not yours (laughs) we can all handle our heat yeah so yeah i have an awesome recipe for you guys today agua chile which is basically a spicy ceviche however agua chile is always made with shrimp whereas ceviche is predominantly made with fish Mm -hmm. you can use shrimp for typical ceviche which if you don't know what that is it's basically you take the fish or the shrimp and you soak it in lime juice and salt and that literally will cook it so in a sense it's raw but it's not because that acid and salt cooks it which i'm gonna shout out joey because as i was telling him this he goes wait ceviche is raw and i was like well like no but yes and he went, I've eaten so much ceviche, and I never knew that. And I was like, oh, I didn't know people didn't know that. <laughs> I'm not but, sure if I knew that. Yeah. Yeah, it's a cool thing. So this particular recipe I will tell you guys about is from the Foodheim book, which I know I've referenced before, but it's amazing because Eric Warheim, the less hottest creator of my favorite wine, Glue Glue, um, it's he's his like, recipe of Agua Chile. He's our king. He's our king. <laughs> he's a huge food and wine person, so, like, of course I love him. And he's zany and crazy and just, like, sexy. so much fun. <laughs> Carter said sexy. <laughs> <laughs> and Ryan and I have made this Agua Chile at the house, and it turned out amazing. When I made it for wine study, I put my own little spin on it, and both versions were really good. 
I'll also say when we made it at the house for ourselves, we were just feeding the two of us. And for wine study, I was planning for like 12 people. <laughs> so I did do it a little differently. So for this recipe, it makes essentially four servings, which was a lot of stuff for two people to eat. So you will need two tablespoons of cilantro, roughly chopped, two tablespoons of fresh mint, chop that also, a half of a jalapeno chopped, some salt. You know I love my fancy salts. Pick your own fancy salt. I won't, I won't judge. Eight shrimp chopped up into like bite-sized pieces. A third cup of diced cucumber. One-fourth cup of lime juice. Half a cup of water. And I'm actually a water snob. I, I didn't really talk about it. My favorite water on the planet is, what is it called? What is it called? It's my favorite. Mountain Valley Spring. I love spring water. Spring, like some good old spring water, well water. I like okay. like dirtiness in it. I know that sounds weird, but like... You like the dirtiness? I do. Like well water, spring water. It tastes wetter to me. That makes sense. Like a I don't think I've ever heard water described as wetter or drier. It tastes more wet. I don't know, but... <laughs> And I feel more hydrated after I drink it. Hmm. I know that's crazy. I'm the person, like, if we're driving somewhere, I have this app. I'm so go- not on topic right now. But I'll, there's this app where it's, like, find a spring. Mm-hmm. Or maybe it's just a website. And you can look up, like, natural springs in the area. And then you can just, like, go fill up your hydro flask. And it's, like. Is there a lot of that in central Texas? Not a lot in central <laughs> Texas, no. I think so. Yeah. It's just, like, yeah. the lion's mouth in Cameron Park. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, Proctor Springs. Proctor. Proctor. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, half cup of water. Uh, A third cup of diced. A cup of good water. Good water. water. (laughs) Wet water. Wet water. The wettest water you can find. Um, (laughs) A third cup of diced Fresno chili, which Fresno chilies have this beautiful deep red color to them. Um, One third cup of diced avocado, which a third cup sounds so stupid. Just like get an avocado and chop it up. Who's going to measure out a third of avocado? I didn't. A tablespoon of red onion, but that's what the recipe says. So, and then you're going to get a mortar and pestle and grind your cilantro, mint, jalapeno, and salt. And you're going to make that into a paste. So I've done it with a mortar and pestle. I also have done it in my food processor. It works the same, honestly. That's not something, I know I talked a lot in the first episode about the connection with the mortar and pestle and the food that you're making like grinding it with your hands and like really smelling everything and making it really fragrant. Mm. I still love that connection, although for the group of 12, I it was impossible to do that also. So it worked out in the food processor just as, or no, I used the blender, whatever. It was great. So in a giant bowl, you're going to put your shrimp, your cucumber, your lime, a half a teaspoon of salt, and you're going to stir that and get all that lime juice, all the salt, really marinate that with the shrimp until it turns pink and you can literally sit there and watch it if you don't believe me it will turn from like that raw shrimp color like translucent kind of translucent into a bright beautiful pink color when you and you can eat it gorgeous <laughs> so you add that all in make it make it really pretty and then you add in what you've grinded into the mortar and pestle or you've combined blended. into your yeah or blended and you just pour that over that and eat it with like a tostada or, or chips. So when I did it last week or this week, whenever one study was, when I put that shrimp concoction with the lime and the salt and you just let it sit, I actually added in some of the 
beautiful bright bright green mixture with it Mm -hmm. and i think it really gave it a deeper flavor didn't you pickle you had some pickles i did i pickled veggies on the side so i did like a quick pickle it was just like white vinegar salt i think that was it actually and i did radishes red onions and and cukes cucumbers Mm -hmm. yeah i did like little cucumbers too and I'm obsessed with vinegar. I just always want something acidic in my meals. So it's yeah. a really fun combination. So you just basically build your tostada off of that. You have your tostada. You do the chile with all the shrimp. And I always pour more sauce over mine because, like I said, I like spicy stuff. But then you put that layer of the pickled veggies on top, and it makes it just it elevates everything. It was so beautiful. We had fun, fun like doing like our own bowls and like comparing them and seeing whose was prettier. <laughs> and Sarah always won. Sarah, yeah, Sarah always wins in that regard. I like food. You eat with your eyes first. I think Absolutely. I had a. You came and picked a rubber band out of mine. I think didn't you? Oh my yep. god. That I put. You were there. like, don't eat that. <laughs> it was from I the was chips. Like, oh, I that was like a garnish. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and you can, like, add some just whole leaf cilantro to garnish on top, and it's really pretty. But that awachile sauce, it's really, like, it's such a bright, bright, beautiful green color. Because you're not cooking anything. There's zero heat involved. So It it's looks really, fake. It does. It looks fake. <laughs> it's a really clean, crisp, easy meal when it's really sweltering hot outside. You eat that. You got some albarino. You put on that album that Carter yeah. mentioned. Not using the oven. Don't you know, yeah. Like, heating no. up the house. Guys, in Texas, sweet. you don't want to use the fucking oven <laughs> in the summer. It's it's god awful. It's terrible. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, if you can't do that, which you shouldn't do that, don't turn on your oven in the summer. It's it's a great great little meal. And I'm actually the day that I made it, it was kind of cold out, but it was still really good. Yeah, that was solid. That was a good pairing for the Albarino. Oh, it was perfect. What's funny, too, is when you look, when they looked at the shrimp, they're like, oh, it's pesto. I was like, it is not pesto. I was like, don't go into it thinking pesto because you're going to be so disappointed. I'm sorry. Definitely <laughs> not <pesto>. disappointed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Our expectations were exceeded. Right. Well, you guys, as always, thanks for listening to our show. Put on your favorite record. Grab a glass of wine. Let's have some fun. Ay, 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 ay. Thanks, Charlie. Yeah, Thanks, Charlie. It's awesome being here. Thank you. <laughs> this has been a Rogue Media Podcast.